Howdy and welcome to the 10-week Bible study. This is week nine, day two of our study of Acts. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Acts 25, 1 through 12. Welcome back to the 10-week Bible study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God. Speak to us and fill our hearts today with the knowledge of you. We want to encounter you through your word. We want to see you working through your living word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word to be reading today from the NIV. This is Acts 25, starting in verse 1. Three days after arriving in the province, Festus went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem, where the chief priests and the Jewish leaders appeared before him and presented the charges against Paul. They requested Festus as a favor to them to have Paul transferred to Jerusalem, for they were preparing to ambush an ambush to kill him on the way. Again, the truth doesn't isn't important to them. Just stamping out this challenge to their authority. That's all they care about. That is all they care about. How often in in life is that our motivation? Is that other people's motivations? Is we just want to stamp out a challenge to our authority? This is wickedness at the highest order. That's what's going on here. Again, this is not because they're Jewish or anything else. This is because they're human. People do this all the time. They've done this throughout history. So there's a lot of people who will make kind of anti-Semitic remarks. It's because they're Jews or whatever. That's not true. That's not true. It's because they are unredeemed human flesh. That's what's going on here. And people do this all the time. Verse 4. Festus answered, Paul is being held at Caesarea, and I myself am going there soon. Let some of your leaders come with me, and if the man has done anything wrong, they can press charges against him there. After spending eight or ten days with them, Festus went down to Caesarea. I, I find it interesting here that Festus sort of sees through them. He's saying, he's my prisoner. Why do you want him here? Festus, I think, I think he sees some competing interests, and I think he smells a rat. It's like, why would you want him to come here? What exactly is going on here? He's like, now he's under my care. I'm not releasing him to you. I'm going to, I want to figure this out, right? Festus, the, the first thing, right? He goes down to Jerusalem. I'm sure he's uh, spending time figuring out, you know, getting his feet wet. You know, what's going on here? What are the problems? What, what are the issues that all of his constituency are facing? And he meets with the Jewish leadership and maybe this isn't the first or the only thing that they bring up, but they certainly, within the first couple of days of Festus taking over, saying, this guy Paul that you have, uh, we want you to bring him down here so we can try him. And really, they want to kill him. That's all they care about is just killing him on the way. They want to ambush him and kill him on the way. And, and you know, Festus is saying, eh, uh, not so much. You, you can come see him where I'm at, but I'm not just going to release one of my prisoners who's been here for two years. He's going to find out. No, no, no. Let's, let's, let's figure this out on my terms is essentially what Festus is saying. All right. Verse six. After spending eight or 10 days with them, Festus went down to Caesarea. The next day he convened the court and ordered that Paul be brought before him. I, I find it very interesting that this essentially becomes the number one priority for Festus's kind of new governance, right? The next day after getting to Caesarea, he's taken over as, as governor. He's gone down to meet with the people in Jerusalem. He goes back to Caesarea. And now, first day back in Caesarea, he convenes the court and brings Paul in. 
and has these people, you know, wants them to come and, and, and testify against him. Verse 7. When Paul came in, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him. They brought many serious charges against him, but they could not prove them. Then Paul made his defense. I have done nothing wrong against the Jewish law or against the temple or against Caesar. Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me there on these charges? So here we see again, Felix was doing the Jews a favor, and Festus is thinking, I want to keep these people in my good graces, because we know from extra-biblical sources that the Sanhedrin, the Zealots, all, all of the Jews, they made Jerusalem, they tried to make it as ungovernable as possible. And so I think to some extent, you know, Felix was incredibly corrupt. Uh, we don't know if Festus is as corrupt or not, but they're not stupid. And so they know that you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar, so to speak. You know, they're, they're wanting to be in the good graces of the Jewish leadership, of the Sanhedrin. So what can I do as a favor to you so that you will, on your part, stamp out what the zealots are doing and stamp out the terrorism and just end all of this nonsense. Let's just live at peace is essentially what Felix and Festus want. They want you know, peace without having to be brutal, essentially. And so they're they're extending an olive branch to the Jews, but they're again they're using Paul as the branch. He's the political football here. And so we're gonna find out here Paul is not having this anymore. He's done. He's done with this. Verse 10. Paul answered, I am now standing before Caesar's court where I ought to be tried. I have not done any wrong to the Jews, as you yourself know very well. He's looking at Festus and saying, you see what's going on here. I know you do. You know that I've been sitting, rotting in this jail for two years because Festus wouldn't just finish the case. He wouldn't do anything about it. And so I've just been rotting here for two years. You know all this. And you know you smelled something when you were in Jerusalem. And so you did not just agree to turn me over immediately. You know what's going on, Festus. Verse 11. If, however, I am guilty of doing anything deserving death, I do not refuse to die. But if the charges brought against me by these Jews are not true, no one has the right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. Those words. Those words right there sealed Paul's fate for the rest of the book of Acts. For the rest of the book of Acts. And we're going to see shortly that Festus is going to say, well, I mean, if he had just gone through the process, he could have been set free. There's nothing wrong. He's done, not done anything wrong. I could have set him free, but he appealed to Caesar, and so now he has to go to Caesar. There's so many things that we're going to see <clears throat> where I think, you know, maybe Festus's pride is hurt a little bit here. And uh, there's, there's so many aspects of this where it's just Paul is the one being used and abused in this situation by every single person, every single entity here is again, like I said, using Paul as their political football, kicking him back and forth to see what they can get. Verse 12. After Festus conferred with his counsel, he declared, you've appealed to Caesar to Caesar. You will go. I think Festus, when Paul appeals to Caesar, Festus is like, who does that? I mean, he's, not killed anybody. He's not 
done anything really big. Is Festus is probably thinking, I don't even know what he's done. I still don't understand what he's doing here. Why I've inherited this prisoner. Why everyone is so angry about this one guy. I was thinking, none of it makes sense. All right, you would appeal to Caesar if you're a Roman citizen and you're accused of murder or something like that and, and they're going to put you to death. They say, you know, hey, I appeal to Caesar, right? So Paul is essentially saying, I haven't done anything deserving death, but if someone says that I have, then fine, put me to death. But I haven't, but I appeal to Caesar. And so Festus looks at all of his people and he's like, can he do that? Like he stops and he goes and he confers with the council and he says, can he appeal to Caesar? Does he have that legal right? Can he actually do this? And they're like, well, yeah, it's kind of a weird situation, but he can. He, he's a Roman citizen. He can appeal to Caesar and Caesar will de- decide his fate. I mean, again, this is normally for massive things or, or you know, capital murder trials or things like that. And Paul Again, is appealing to Caesar for reasons that Festus doesn't understand. And so, again, I think that this, based on what he says here and what he's going to put in the letter that we're going to read in, in a little bit, I think his pride maybe hurt a little bit. That it's like, oh, you want to go over my head? Fine. Fine. You want to go over my head? Fine. You can go over my head. I'll send you to Caesar. Your fate's sealed. You've appealed to Caesar. I'm sending you to Caesar no matter what. That's exactly what's going to happen. For the 10-week Bible study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-week Bible study podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's word. Thank you.